Hello, beloved. How's everyone doing today? He is risen. That's right. He is risen indeed. Well, thank you so much for joining us this Resurrection Sunday. We are here at Slash X Cafe in Barstow, California, out in the middle of the desert, enjoying a glorious day with all of you. And I'm so grateful to be here. I'm so happy that it's a sunny day and it's gorgeous outside. I mean, you know, we've had a lot of a lot of rain, a lot more than normal lately. And so um, it's just great to be here on, on this great, beautiful morning celebrating with you. And we just are so thankful to our friends and family here at Slash X, Gail and, and the boys and the family, just... This is our seventh or eighth year, I'm not sure. I, I think it's eighth, but then that was a COVID year. And so we're just so grateful that we get to come out here and uh, spend Resurrection Easter morning with you all to be able to celebrate the, the risen King that is Jesus. And so would you just join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we uh, love you. We adore you. We thank you for, for this moment in our life to, to reflect, to contemplate, to, to look at what's going on in our life and say, thank you, God. Because, Father, no matter what is happening in the world, I know that you are in the midst. We know, Father God, that you have a plan that it is so much better than we could possibly imagine. And so, Father, I ask right now for your peace that transcends all understanding to guard our hearts and our minds today. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, yeah, it's... I get excited about Easter. I get excited about this day that, that we celebrate the risen King. You know, it's, it's so important for us to know and to feel loved. Amen? It's so important for each and every one of us to, to know that we matter. To feel like our life has value. To feel like what we're doing day after day is good. That it's something that that is benefiting other people, not just ourselves. It's... It's actually our nature to want to serve. And I pray that today when you all go home, you feel empowered. You feel that God does have a plan for you. That God does have the desire and the, the draw to move you. To move you in a new and, and very heartfelt direction. I know that that God has a plan for each of our lives. And I do not take this lightly because I know that for some, today's hard. For some of us, today can either have one of two outcomes. Either Easter is, is that, that rolling stone, that, that stone that is rolled away that reveals the empty tomb that lets us go, yes, Jesus is risen. 
Or for some of you, it becomes a stumbling block. For some of you, you struggle. Because honestly, our faith, what we believe about, about heaven, about hell, about about Jesus Christ, it all revolves around that stone. It all revolves around that empty tomb. And so I get it. I understand the absolute pressure that this day can bring. It can be overwhelming. I mean, for me, it's like the Super Bowl of Christianity. And and yet, for some of us, it, it brings up doubt in our faith. It brings up doubt in our commitment to Jesus. So let me explain. Let's get into that a little bit today. I mean, you've come here because your family's here, or because your friends invited you, or because it sounded like fun. But now we're talking about Jesus. Now we're talking about heaven, about hell, about, about Christianity, about, about all that stuff. We're talking about did he rise from the dead? Because if Jesus did not rise from the dead, none of this, none of this, has any value to what we are talking about today. I mean, everyone knows there was a Jesus. I mean, even atheists and people that don't believe in God acknowledge that Jesus was a real human being. It's in many historical novels, uh, Jewish documents. Uh, Josephus wrote about it, a famous historian. It was written about in Roman history by Tacitus, Wikipedia actually says it ranks so high on the scale of historical facts that it is impossible to doubt. Nah, Wikipedia isn't necessarily the end all to all knowledge. But it kind of sets the trend for, for what we think and believe. It's our, you know, Encyclopedia Britannica today. But the twist here is this. Did he rush from the dead? He was real. But did he rush from the dead? That's the rub. That's the, that's the part that our scientific mind goes, yeah, oh, I don't know about that. It's kind of like, well, you know, there's a lot of, explanations, a lot of things could have happened. This is what the Word of God says. This is what the Bible says. This is Luke 22. I'm going to try to go a little slower today let you guys turn your Bibles if you brought them. Your phones out, whatever. But Luke 22, this is 44 through 47. It says this. It says, it was now about noon. And darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. 
for the sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had just happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. Ah, the death. Christ's death, so painful, so vivid. I mean, when you think of how he was beaten and whipped and, and bruised before he even got his hands nailed and his feet nailed to the cross. It's surreal. I mean, the cross is considered one of the most painful ways to die. It's the stuff that horror movies are made out of. And frankly, it's inhuman. And yet, that is how the Son of God, the Savior of the world, gave up his life for you and I. <clears throat> Again, we know he was crucified. These are the kind of things that when you sit back and you go, huh, yeah, there really was a Jesus. And historically, we know that he was crucified. We know that he was laid in a tomb. And it was sealed by a big rolling stone. These are things we know. Matthew 27 to 46 says this. It says, about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice. And he said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means... My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Alone. On the cross, alone. The sins of the world, past, present, and future, at that moment were all laid on him. He felt alone. He felt isolated. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt forsaken? That no one really cares? That you don't really matter to anyone? I mean, it's a horrible feeling. So empty, so lonely, so distant. I hope and pray that I never feel that way again. And I hope and pray that you never feel that way again. But I know that is how Jesus felt. I know in my own life, I've had bits and pieces of that, of that pain, of that suffering, of that misery. Moments that my sin kept me away from God. Because you see, that's, that's what happened to Jesus. At that moment when he cried out to God, it was because all of the sin was laid upon him. God's wrath, God's holiness, God's righteousness, all the things that God demands of us was laid on Christ. 
And so at that moment, Jesus was without God. Because God can't be in the presence of sin. That, to me, is hell. That, to me, what life is like when we die without Christ. Alone. Isolated. No one there. Being without the presence of God. That's the most frightening thing I can imagine. That, to me, would be the worst thing pain and suffering all those things I've had in my life but I always knew God was there can you imagine pain and suffering knowing that God is not going to be there that God is not going to help you you and I we, we try to fill our life with things with events with with things we think make us happy. But deep down inside, in that, in that secret place that we all have, that secret place that you and I know is there, we know. We know that without God, something is missing. We know that without faith, we feel isolated. We feel alone. It's something in our life is missing. And for me, that's Jesus. Luke 24, this is 1 through 8, it says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone was rolled away. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their, in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. Remember, he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on, on the third day, he would be raised again. Then they remembered his words and believed. Why do we look for the living among the dead? That line pierces me. Why do I look for the living among the dead? Because I do. I have. We have. We have looked in our lives. We've looked at circumstances. We've looked at events for the living, for goodness, for greatness, for joy. But so many times those things are, are dead. They have no way to bring life. The rolling stone. We're right back there to the rolling stone. 
Did the stone roll away and give you hope? Or is it a stumbling block? Do I believe in the empty tomb? Without a doubt in my mind, I do. I can look every one of you in the eye and tell you that Jesus Christ is alive. I've seen too many things. I've seen too many miracles. I've seen too many moments of God intervening in lives. Here in America, in Africa, all overseas, at the races, I've seen God move. And I cannot explain it by anything of this world. No science. No medicine. Just God. So yeah. That empty tomb does not keep me from Jesus. It launches me to him. We are living in a time that we have become so polarized. Conservative, liberal, black, white. I could go on. I could list 20 different things that, that we, that we separate. Faith, no faith. And yet here, here at this moment, here right now, we all have the option to unite. And we unite at the foot of the cross. We come together at Jesus. We come together in that living hope that is the empty tomb. We come together as human beings. I don't care about anything else. We are all children of God. And the moment that we start living that way and acting that way and loving that way, we are going to change the world because that's, that's what God has asked of us. We come to that crisis of faith at the cross to believe or not to believe. And when we choose to believe, we can change the world. Galatians. This is this is Galatians 2. <laughs> Getting fast again. Galatians 2, 19 through 20. It says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body. I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Once again, God gave us the cross. Because he knew that none of us could live up to the law. None of us could, could live our lives in, in pure righteousness and holiness. We would struggle. 
we would have moments. And so God gave us the perfect lamb. He gave us Jesus. So every day we can wake up and, and when we have Christ in our hearts, he looks at us and he sees us and he sees nothing but love and adoration for us. No matter what, who, when, where we have done, been, whatever, when he sees the filter of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven and we are free. Now, that doesn't mean we live in our sin. That doesn't mean that we keep doing the things that, that we know breaks his heart. On the contrary, because he loves us so much, it, it desires, we desire to change, to make him happy. Because that's what, that's what true love is. When you truly love another human being, you want to become all that you can be to please them. Agape love means without conditions. And so we are striving to, to move forward in God's agape love for us as we find and show agape love for him. If we believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that he rose from the dead, then we as believers, we have work to do. We have to put down our need to be right. We have to put down our desire to be in control. And we have to learn to love our neighbors. All of them. All of them. That means if, if you are an absolute conservative, you have to love your liberal neighbor. That means that if you are absolute Pentecostal, you have to love your Catholic neighbor. That means that means you have to love your neighbor. I don't have to give you any more examples. It's simple. Christ gave us two commandments. To love thy God and have no others before him. And love your neighbor as yourself. Could you imagine if we walked in that? Could you imagine if you and I walked in that where we loved our neighbors? It would change the world. There is no room for prejudice at the foot of the cross. We cannot have intolerance and be in love with Jesus. Amen? That is hypocrisy at its finest. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the message of the cross is foolishness for those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The cross, it must transform us. We cannot accept Jesus Christ and keep living the same life that we were living. It's not true salvation. When we accept Jesus and don't change, that's, that means you just bought death insurance. You said, okay, I'll, I'll accept Jesus. Because you don't want to go to hell. Guys, we can't live like that. It's not changing the world. It's not changing the atmosphere. It's not changing the people that we love and adore. We have to buy life insurance. 
We have to live our life in such a way that, that what we do changes the atmosphere of every room we walk in. We have to live in such a way that, that his blood changes our hearts and our minds for the kingdom. We're all going to die. You can't buy death insurance because you are going to die. But if you don't change, if you don't live your life for King Jesus... It is going to change you. It is going to change everything. I'm going to close with this. There's power in our faith. Power to heal power to transform, power to deliver, and power to save. I love what Paul says here in Ephesians. This is Ephesians 3, 14 and 19, through 19. It says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ Jesus and to know this love that surpasses all knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. On this Resurrection Sunday, do not accept a faith that has no power. Do not accept that we cannot come to know Jesus and not be transformed. When we come to Christ, it will change us. We cannot go on living our lives in such a way that we are not different. Because the cross permanently changes you. When you allow the blood of Christ to cover you, your heart, your mind, your soul becomes so much more. The power of the Holy Spirit changes everything. When we come to know Jesus and we launch into serving his kingdom, our life takes on rich and powerful meaning as we, as we strive to figure out how we are going to influence the sphere that we live in. Because each and every one of us has influence. I don't care what you do for a living. I don't care where you go to church. I don't care where you live. You have people in your life that you can influence. You have people in your life that you can share the good news of Jesus Christ. It's so important that we strive to be different. Every one of us has the ability to affect change. 
our home, our job, our church. This is where we breathe. This is where we live. Why not breathe Jesus? Why not love in such a way that it is contagious? I mean, in Christ, we have a virus that heals. It doesn't make you sick. It doesn't cause you to die except to self. We can spread a virus that will change the world. Why aren't we? Why aren't we so excited to tell other people about our newfound faith? I mean, I've had atheists that, that tell me they're angry at Christians because they don't share the good news. Let that sink in. They can't understand. If, if God is real, if what you believe is real, why aren't you shouting it from the rooftops? If you have this great thing, why are you not sharing it? I get it. I understand why they're frustrated. If you had the answer to all of the world's problems and you weren't sharing it, I'd be mad at you too. But see, you do. And on this Resurrection Sunday, I am encouraging you to share it. You were all given one life. Let it have meaning. Let that rolling stone of the tomb of Jesus Christ gather no moss. Let that stone stay rolled away. Let that tomb stay empty because that is the proof of the resurrection. Keep fighting for your faith. Keep fighting for your country. Not that it goes the way you want, but that we unite as our forefathers did at the foot of the cross. Because there all men are created equal. At the foot of the cross, we are all the same. Sinners in need of a Savior. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we, we cannot thank you enough for your love, for your generosity, for, for the fact that, Lord God, you are all in all. So, Jesus, for anyone today that has not accepted your son, Jesus, as their personal triumphant Savior, I pray that, Lord God, over the next few days, they start asking why. They start pondering tomorrow. That, Lord God, you stir them in such a way that they cannot stand not knowing you more. I pray, Father God, that, that today someone says yes to Jesus. And I pray, Father God, that someone else shares their faith with their neighbor. I pray, Father God, that on this Resurrection Sunday, we seek you. Our direction comes from you. So, Lord, in that, we trust you, we thank you, we praise you, and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you and keep you. And know that you are loved. 
if there is anything that we can do, please reach out to us. And there's hats, there's shirts over here. We don't ever pass a basket at Team True. If you want to support this ministry, hit us up on Venmo, PayPal. Donate here. But it has to be because that's what you're being led to do. Amen? Amen. God bless you all.